2018 is behind us. Get ready for a new year. No limits. The state of combat on CBS Sports is back. Yes, and we are back with Boxeo. We are back with a bang. Left, right, good night. The Brian Campbell, the voice that you hear. I know what you're saying, box fans. Where the hell has this show been? Well, let me just tell you. Happy holidays to you and yours. We are back. BC, Big Red, sliding in those DMs in a second. This show, hopefully, will make up for all that was lost over the last few weeks as we look back in-depth as only the state of combat can Looking at the wild, the ridiculous of 2018, maybe projecting a little bit of the future of what we hope to see coming. Maybe a little double weekend preview action getting in as deep as things as Pacquiao Broner, if we got enough time. But this is going to be the show you are going to love. Don't forget, if there's two guys in this game who know this game, it's certainly your boys BC and Rafe Bugs. Speaking of a man known to call his shot, to to control his shot, no, 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 not that not that kind of shots. Uh, the baller, the shot caller, my co-host, my best friend in box. He's a very decorated author, editor, Filipino TV icon, and he's he's also that dude when it comes to candy licking. Let me lick you up. Let me lick you down. 2019. Gonna be no good fight. Oh, oh baby. Rafe Bugs, Rafe Bartholomew, how is it out there on the left coast? Let me out this cage, Brian. How long has this been? What what is happening? I I've it, I haven't even been on the State of Combat presented by PBC Insider <laughs> Brian Campbell <laughs> podcast yet. What is happening? You know what? I believe in speak it, believe it, receive it, speak it, believe it, receive it, and so I'm going to start calling myself the PBC Insider because as long as you speak it, you can believe it and receive it. All you, I put it in my Twitter bio, and I am that PBC Insider Ray Bartholomew. I speak it, believe it, receive it. Speak it, believe it, receive it. Speak it, believe it, receive it. And it's mine. Let me tell it you is mine. I'll tell you what's mine is, uh, hey, I've been, I've been on some little PBC face to face hosting some, uh, some shows that you can check out. Hey, check it out this Saturday on Fox, by the way. Keith Thurman, Josecito Lopez and your boy BC on face to face. But enough of that crap. We've been off for a few weeks. It's been the holidays. I'll be honest with you, as I always am. It was John Jones and UFC getting in our way. I've had some emergency dental work to repair some some broken crowns that has pushed back the show. And guess what? Next week, Rafe, me and the fam, we'll be cruising together on the high seas. So you won't get another episode most likely next week. So it's all got to be contained, self-contained in this container. This will will this be enough to satiate the hardcores? Because we've been getting a lot of angry tweets. You know how we do. We like it when the cup spilleth over a little bit. If we happen to shoot a little bit of the L. Oh, wow. Come on, let me, let me put some water on your balls. Uh, Rafe. Brian, wait, Brian, yeah, no, no, got? I got some. What, I got, you got stuff? Bring it. I've never been on, you, you mentioned this cruise. I've never been on a cruise. Oh. But you know what would get me on a cruise? A cruiserweight themed cruise. Oh. Just, you know, cause they do everything. There's a, there was on a, the USS Cunningham. Are you, are oh, you, are yes. You are you two, two. Are you what I'm cooking? Because, you know, there's pro wrestling cruises right now. There's 311 does like a music cruise that started a new genre. What if we start a box cruise that's all cruiserweights? That is so damn brilliant, Rafe. I mean, we, we might, I mean. 
Oh man, we could go to Jamaica. We could pick up. Um, is O'Neill Bell still alive? <laughs> You're asking me. <laughs> <laughs> we could get Dwight Muhammad Kawi. Come on, come on. Oh man, that, that he would be the captain. You know, you know what the theme of the cruise should be that we pick up these washed fighters in their homeland. So we all get on the cruise ship and we go around and we, and we find them. Except that every, except that every notable cruiserweight is from like a landlocked European, Eastern European, like gray country. That's fair. All right, Rafe, this show is going to be weird in that it's somehow going to be our 2018 uh, award show and our look ahead show and maybe even a Pacquiao Broner preview. And we've missed so many weeks that some people are still waiting. Hey guys, hey BC and, and Rafe, uh, we haven't heard your take on the most important current news headline. So if we can keep this quick, Rafe, I want to go around the world real quick. And I want to start in Japan, New Year's Eve. This okay. MMA main event, Risen 14, Mojo Risen, Floyd Money Mayweather 50-0 and in an exhibition bout against teenage kickboxing featherweight tension. Nasukawa. Nakamaka. Um uh, yeah, Floyd KO1. Um, so every time there's something weird in boxing, you'll get the it's fixed thing that plays out, whether it's Mayweather McGregor, whether it's Maypack. I mean, it's been everything. You, you get it. Look, boxing is crazy. It attracts crazy people like me who believes in conspiracy theories and wants to believe in them. So when the right away the Floyd tension is fixed thing came out, I was like, yeah, yeah, whatever. Then I, wa- I really watched it closely. Was this fixed? What happened here? I don't care. I don't know. I don't think so. But I, I do like how you immediately went there, especially as a fan of the New Japan wrestling that you always are talking about and tweeting about. That's the first thing you're looking for as soon as you get onto that side of the country uh, or the world, I should say. I don't know, Brian. Who? I, I, it was a weird fight. Who the hell knows? If, if you, I, I listened to our guy Dwyer first from perspective, and he was saying, he was saying, comparing that first left hook with the net uh, for Floyd's knockdown to. One of the left hooks that Floyd threw against Diego Corrales. So Dwyer was seeing some real vintage action there. There is a fighter who could beat Floyd Mayweather. It's younger Floyd Mayweather. Wow, I guess, I guess Dwyer's got it. That was Dwyer, right? Hi, it's Dwyer. Okay, okay, just, just making sure. Well, one thing Dwyer was right on was how this fight would play out. I think this fight is a miss. Match. Even a hedge better like Dwyer, I don't think, could put together a bet to make this work. So when I first watched it, I was like, holy crap, tension, like, this was still real to him, damn it. He was crying after he lost. He actually came in here and didn't realize it was an exhibition and thought he was going to win the pride of his home country by going out there with a 25-pound weight disadvantage against the best boxer of this era, even though he's a pro kickboxer. And it kind of reminded me, do you remember early 2000 when TV was getting out of control in the beginning of the reality era and guys like you and me would sit on couches we'd talk to Samson right we'd we'd, we'd, uh, we'd sample the scene we'd get a little messed up and then we'd watch like celebrity boxing it'd be like Screech against uh, against Willis from different strokes but then it would evolve to the point you remember they had that hot dog eater Kobayashi attempt to out eat a bear in a hot dog eating competition. And the best part of that was it was absolutely ridiculous. And the bear dominated him, right? Cause he had those giant hands with the long nails and he was eating like 10 dogs at a time was that Kobayashi was so distraught afterwards that he lost that in the post fight interview, he was like, I promise I will come back stronger next time and I will beat him. I got those Kobayashi vibes from tension. 
I, I do think that he was taking it a little too seriously. I don't know what he was thinking. I don't care what he was thinking. I hope he has a nice career. I don't care about his life, Brian. I don't care about his career to tell you the truth. So I retract that first statement. I don't hope he, I, I just don't care. You think I care about what the freak that guy that acted that way, that behaved that way, that I care what he thinks of me? No. I don't. <laughs> All right, we can put that to bed. By the way, there is a, a, a Canadian MMA analyst, Robin Black, pretty pretty awesome dude on TSN. He put out a video showing, kind of exposing why he thinks it's fake. It's one minute. It's on Twitter. You can follow him on there. Um, after watching that, I kind of believe it is because you see the trajectory of where Tension's body went after Floyd touched him. It was very dramatic. It was very pro wrestling. You wait, wait, Brian, Brian, you're, you're both telling me that Denshin thought it was real and that he fixed yeah, it. This so is, what, it's what's weird. going on here? It's just so weird. And then there's all the Floyd fans that are ripping me saying, didn't Ali fight wrestlers and football players? I mean, it's just, do you have any, is Floyd, there any shame in boxing? There's no shame in boxing, right? Like Floyd can do this and we got to be fine with it, right? I'm fine with it. I don't care. A guy wants to go make money for some dumb stuff. He's not really hurting. It's not as bad. All right, let's compare it to some of the other things that Floyd does for money. Uh, Floyd has the girl collection. Look, he's employing people there. I'm sure it's an above-board operation, but not exactly car washes or family restaurants. What else does Floyd make his money from? Well, if you read, the say, that the guy who writes for Deadspin and Bloody Elbow, Kareem Zidane, the, the MMA journalist who likes to go and, and see what's going on in the caucuses, in Chechnya. Well, Floyd is always out there with the the the, the autocrat dick war, warlord Ramzan Kadyrov hanging out, probably taking a few money and taking money for an appearance to 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 prop up a terrible regime. That's probably worse than going to Japan and engaging in a farce. That's fair. That's fair. I'm think, going geopolitical, man. Think, That's me. That's 2019. Once you got deep right there. Uh, you know how I only go a certain level of deep. The gloves of, uh, that I use in clitoris is, uh, you know, I like this glove. It's my glove, so. Uh... I could stick my hand that deep, if you will, but I can't go geopolitical on you. All right, uh, real quick here. Uh, we didn't break down the Charlo twins. They were supposed to have a massive PBC on Fox launch, a setup to get them over to the mainstream. It was Jamal against late opponent Matt Korbov after Willie Monroe failed out, and it was Jermel at 154 defending against Tony Harrison. But, Rafe, nobody told Harrison and Korbov that this was an exhibition. Your thoughts on this very interesting doubleheader and how it played out? I liked both fights. They, I, they, we, this has been said a bunch of times by now. The Fox broadcasting crew was a little harsh, especially on Tony Harrison's performance. He was obviously not fighting the same fight as Jermel Charlo, but what he was doing was effective. And it, and why it was look, I didn't score the fight. I don't. I honestly don't care that much about that fight. But <laughs> hey, I watched it. It was competitive. They weren't. They weren't quite giving our guy Tony a fair shake. And the judges might have given Tony a little bit of an extra shake, if you know what I mean. But who, whatever, you know that. Jermel is fine. They'll put another fake belt on him in two weeks, and everything oh, will roll ahead. Wow. Yeah, you know this. I know you don't care here, but would you agree with me? Entertainment, okay, entertainment-wise, you nailed it. It turned out to be a fun night of boxing. You had two closely contested fights that could have gone either way, but the idea was to take the Charlos and set them up for big business, whether it's Jermall against Jacobs or Triple G, depending on how the cards fall broadcasting wise or Jermel against Jared Hurd in a unification fight that's really one of the three or four best fights you can make in 2019 
So from that standpoint, mixed with the idea of Al Heyman the GOAT trying to send the Charlos through the screen at you if you're a casual fan and saying, these guys have next, it was, was it a failure? Well, I, look, I, I, as a, as a fan, as a consumer, you, you said it. I enjoyed, these were good competitive fights. So I'm happy with that. I am personally not Jamel or Jamal Charlo's manager. So I, the, them becoming megastars doesn't matter to me that much. It does expose one of the risks of PBC Al Heyman style matchmaking, which is to keep things very, very, very soft until the, the big moment is there and then just cash in. And that means that sometimes you're going to when when you get pushed unexpectedly, it ain't going to work out so well. Uh, in, in Jamal's case, he's still set up to fight. He still he got the win. I thought he won. I thought it was I thought Corbaugh fought real well. I'm not I don't I don't think anyone who thinks that he even deserved the uh, an upset win uh, is, is is out of line. But I, I mean, for me, I thought, I thought Jamal did just enough, especially closing it really, really emphatically in that 12th round. It wasn't a 10 8 or anything, but still, I, I did, I know I didn't feel too conflicted about thinking, okay, Charlo did enough here. Um, so he got the win. He can still, he, he, he's fine. He, you know, it's it, like, like, like they say, win today, look good tomorrow. So he, he can go into whatever, what, he may not be a big name, but shoot, it's fine. Yeah. Jamel, uh, yeah, that's, that, that's, 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 threw a little monkey wrench in that. Look, in I that. don't think it was the robbery that everybody said it was. I thought Jamel should have won that. I thought it was pretty damn close because Tony Harrison fought a great fight. Let's give him that credit. There's gotta be a Dwyer clip to coincide with what I'm saying here. I'm not sure if there is, but I, I need to get all in my Dwyer voice basically and just, you know. Hey man, don't be a blank. All you people that are saying, oh, it's a robbery. No, it wasn't really a robbery. I think it was a judge's preference, but in the end, I think you run that rematch back, you give Jermel a chance and a fight that now kind of matters to redeem himself, and then you still make the herd fight, Rafe. You, you know? I mean, come on. Let's do that. Let's do that. I'll be, I'm into that. All right. Uh, hey, Amir Khan, to close out the recent news, um, reportedly here is turning down a monster all-England showdown against Kell Brook that we've been building, I don't know, since the Revolutionary War days, Rafe. To kind of continue the DTBG path of his career, which also is the STH path of his career, which stands to send to hell. Uh, he's turning down Brooke to chase maybe the pound for pound best in the world in an ESPN pay-per-view from New York's Madison Square Garden in April. Right, Terrence Crawford, quite frankly, is a guy who's a bad man who thinks he is the B-E-S-T at 147 pounds. And I got news for the Americans of the world. Many people. Many people believe that, Rafe. So it, Many, Brian. It's been, Many. I mean, we're talking about Walter Waits. We're talking about... I'm a natural Walter Waits. We're talking about the, ba- the money division in the sport. The reaction on Twitter has been very interesting. Some saying... Khan, you're so stupid. You're taking less money. You're going down to a guarantee of reportedly five million to face Crawford when you could make double that in front of 80k against Brooke. Where do you stand? Cause there's the other people going, are you kidding me? He's trying to fight the number one in the world on ESPN in the States. Can't do better than that. Well, I guess it could, if you, if whichever's going to make him the most money or, or, or it like, I don't really care. I think it's a good fight. I let I me recap our podcast fight. so let, far. Let me, I tee something up, Rafe. This is what happens when we talk about stuff that happened six weeks ago, Brian. I'm sorry. Life moves on. Oh, um, well, how but, dare you? <laughs> but, I mean, how but, dare you? Look, look, look. 
I, I, this is what I think about this Con Crawford. I'm happy it's hot happening because we, we saw Kell Brook beating, kind of beating, half beating the Australian stripper, Michael Zarafa. <laughs> it, it was terrible. Brook looks washed or, or very close to it. He, and, and while it would be, he's been chasing this payday that he kind of, he probably needs a little bit for a very long time and, the side of me that likes Kell Brook is like, damn, you know, I wish he could get that. But honestly, I would rather see – I. it's more important to me as a boxing fan to see a, an interesting Terrence Crawford fight next than Con Brook. That's, I'm not British. Maybe the Brits really want this grudge match, and maybe they'll get it someday. Maybe they won't. But for me, I don't – I'd rather see an interesting fight in Terrence Crawford's career, which Amir Khan is. And if Kell Brook is an innocent bystander to that, so be it. I don't care about Matisse's life. I don't care about his people. I don't care about his family. I don't care about them. Um, I'm down for this completely. I like Khan's balls. Did I, did I come out right? I like <laughs> okay, the size. You know, I, I think I, I don't know. How, I kind of like them. I think they're yeah, decent. Yeah. I you mean, know, they looked okay that one time on Twitter. I mean, I don't know if his wife does it because of the AGA. No, 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 no. Uh, what I'm saying here is I've always respected Khan's, uh, want to be in something huge look he's presented himself as a star even when there were times that he wasn't acting or performing like a star inside the ring but he's a star who wants to face the best he never got floyd so he kind of sold his own soul to finally get into that canelo pay-per-view moved up two weight classes got sent to the bottom level of hell like that that it's like that extra compartment in the floor and star wars and the millennium falcon where they hid when the uh, empire came through but he's back and you know what like every other american fight you enter going, you know what? This kind of be interesting in the first four rounds. I want to see how his hand speed matches up with Bud. I want to see if he can give him problems. Will he get sent to hell? Yes, he will. So, since Crawford's cupboard is friggin' empty on the top rank side at welterweight, and Jeff Horn is the best opponent he will probably have faced ever up to this point, then you know what? Let's do this, Rave, because there's nothing else. There's just, there's just, I don't know. There's nothing else, right? I don't really have the sound, but I'm looking for. Anyway, that's all I got. Yeah, well, I, Errol Spence once challenged Terrence Crawford, or he challenged the, the boxing media. He said, name one fight be, fighter better than Chris Algieri that Terrence Crawford beat. Well, if Terrence Crawford beats Amir Khan like he will be expected to be, Amir Khan beat Algieri. So take that, Errol Spence. How's that for the truth? Jeff Horn. Who's Jeff Horn? Nobody. Wow. 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 I mean, seriously. <laughs> You're Manny Pacquiao. You do not need to be getting knocked out and put to sleep by Joe Hall. All right. Hey, Rafe, let's get into the 2018 Rareview Award. Rareview backside. Yeah, rare um, awards, Rafe. Looking back, before we get into these, they're going to be rapid fire. They're going to be a mixture of real and ridiculous because, you know, removing the fourth wall. Rafe's not really into the real awards this year. He says it's been done. We waited too long because I've been deep in MMA and Christmas. Kwanzaa, all the good stuff this year, Rafe. You don't want to really break down. Eh? Did you think Ring Magazine was right in calling that the KO of the year? But, Rafe, how do you classify, categorize 2018 as a whole for the boxing fan? Great year, honestly. I think I will I will go out on a limb and say great year. I, th- I guess the one, the big stain is that we did not get... Ajay and Deontay Wilder, but we got a, an amazing sort of, you know, 
rushed the stage and a WWE style entrance from Tyson Fury. He kind of saved that narrative. And so it almost felt like we didn't miss anything there. Uh, and, and just there's so much boxing on. It's almost too, it's almost too much for us hardcores to keep up with. It, a lot of it is entertaining. There's weird European guys brewing on the disowns of the world, the Kermin Leheragas <laughs> of the world. Your guy, Louis Ritson, if he ever comes back from the hell that Francisco Ken Patera sent him to. Uh, <laughs> so... I mean, they're, they're, and, and then they were big fights. There's a lot of, it's cheaper. There's not, they're well, pay-per-view was dead and then now it's back to take all our money one more time but there there are in any case there's a lot of there's just so much going on there's a good buzz around the sport and i'm really looking forward to 2019 when the sport kills all that momentum <laughs> and i'm a the zone subscriber that's the service i have rape uh yeah yeah all right um look it was a fun year for fights it made boxing feel like it matter again. It was certainly, you mentioned it, the heavyweight division, the build to Joshua Wilder, even though it didn't happen, that buzz surrounding their fights started to remind me of how Mayweather and Pacquiao kind of milked the general public by teasing for five years that they were going to fight each other, and it made every single one of their interim fights matter because you're waiting post-fight for them to call out the other and say, okay, let's stop this charade, let's do it. I kind of got those feels for Joshua Wilder. Now those are kind of they're 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 CTs fields. Does that make sense? They're 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 T's fields. The C C O C K fields. Can I say that on the show? Right. Oh, I see what you mean. Yes. yes. <clears throat> they're they're kind of like those fields, but um, it still kind of keeps you satiated. And then you get Fury <laughs> jumping in there. I mean, just jumping in there and crashing the party and really doubling down on the potential excitement for the heavyweight division as we enter 2019. This was a good year. The pay-per-views actually delivered when you're considering things like Triple G Canelo 2. The, the zone thing kind of kept things interesting. You had the fall of HBO, which was a subplot. You had, uh, you had a lot of good stuff going on. I certainly have those same concerns now that boxing is even more segregated, but the fact that there's a lot of people spending money on boxing right now people that have money russian oligarchs if you will ukrainian oligarchs not a bad time to be alive as a fan as somebody who's cashing them checks on the side touching not m's but h's and t's maybe touching b's you know why let's touch some b's out here i've been touching some h's and t's lately so shout out to boxing for doing that and it's it's fun i feel like Yes, the Maypac era is over of soft matchmaking. Yes, I know. PBC, PBC on Fox sometimes doesn't give us exactly what we want. But I feel, tell me if I'm wrong, Rafe, that fighters want to fight each other now. Like, yes, you're still not going to get Terrence Crawford, Errol Spence because of the, the TV political divide. But I don't feel it's as much of a Cold War 2012 where it's just like, well, Bob's not going to work with Al and Oscar, so we're not going to ever see good fights. I think there's some hope, especially on the ESPN top rank side, just because they and maybe Fox too, if they decide to put some lean on on PBC to make those big fights. The the fact that the networks have skin in the game, that they have paid real money. These aren't time buys. They're paying the the, the providers, the promoters, to put on good shows. And yeah, a lot of the money is locked in, but they're still going to be calling up. The PBC offices, they're still going to be calling Todd DeBuff at top rank and saying, yo, 
this ain't gonna work. This, we we need that real stuff injected into our veins now, and eventually that message gets through. And and the fans are also because of the the having a good year. The fans are 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 frothing at the mouth. They're rabid, man. They're like, give us this. I ain't taking this crap. I want the good stuff. I want the I want Wilder Joshua. It's not happening, but I want it. Yeah, just wetting the juices. And I think the same thing could be said. Your your rant could be applied to the show. People just want it. People don't want any more off weeks, all right? Next week, I'll be on a boat. You're going to have to deal with it. But people just want this show. They want the performance-enhancing audio. Rafe, let's get into the awards. We'll start for real. The biggest award, the one that matters the most, 2018 Fighter of the Year. I thought you had three or four interesting contenders, but really only one guy who you could really argue should have won it. And the reason was that Fury Wilder fight with the draw kind of effed up the potential because I thought the winner of that was really going to have a case. Deontay Wilder coming off of the Ortiz breakthrough win. Had he knocked out Wilder in round 12, I mean, sorry, if he had knocked out Fury, that's going to be hard to, to, to take that away from him. You're going to have a real debate. Same thing with Fury when you consider the comeback. That was pressed pause. That was a draw. I think it left just one man. Who's your fighter of the year? You know it's Usyk, man. We we all know it's Usyk. It's been Usyk. And I I disagree by the way that Deontay that look, you put Deontay Wilder on your ballot if he had come out with a win against Fury, but you anyone tries to say that he had a a better a truly better 2018 than Usyk winning the three huge fights uh, in his opponent's respective backyards. Hell no. Well, you that and me. Usyk all the way. All, right. all the way. I don't care. I know, I know the, the, the media that I am a part of that has a lot invested, especially here in the success of these big American fights. We're going to say, Oh yeah, he's a star. He's a star. He really, this was, he stepped out onto the stage in 2018. F that Usyk. Okay. I think you did nail a lot of what's truth right there. Had. Wilder knocked out Fury in round 12. What would have happened is you're right. I think the vote would have been split because you would have had a lot of more casual-ish people who think they have a vote who would go, well, look, I watched these two giant heavyweight fights with Wilder. He's the man. He's the best heavyweight in the world. He's the fighter of the year. And you would have those people going, well, this kind of makes sense uh, politically for me to make this award. But, yes, under any circumstance, the hardcores realize it was Usyk. Mama finger, papa finger, so good. You don't need to check out Vlad's USB stick to find that answer, Rafe, although maybe you'll find the hand and nudes on there. Some lucky person for charity did did probably end up finding that. Um, but the point is this. Usyk, three victories, wins the Cruiserweight Classic. All three on the road in his opponent's backyard. Two unification fights. Two against unbeaten champions. And when you consider the Myris Bredis fight in January was a borderline fight of the year contender and really was the test on the calendar for Usyk. The other two fights he performed great. But that brightest fight was the is this guy for real? And there were ebbs and flows and he wins an incredible fight. And then Rafe, he shuts out Mirak Gassiev. Like puts him down. Not on his back, just just exposed and shut him down. That it basically said, "Look, I'm that guy. I'm a pound for pound great." And then the way in which he rode the waves against Bellu and finished dramatically, double kebab, Rafe. You, if you if you have a pulse and a clue on boxing, yes, you realize Usyk's the man. I am feel Brian. I'm I'm very feel. Um, shout out by the way to Anthony Joshua. He was the fighter of the year last year. I thought he had a a strong year, obviously beat Parker, beat Povetkin. You had a lot of Crawford and Lomas in the middle area where you're like, well, 
they were good this year. Mikey Garcia, I think, as well. You're like, well, he beat Easter. He he beat that other guy. I mean, he dominated people, but I don't think they had the opponent on their resume that really could lift them. Canelo, I, I thought, was number number two on the year. because I, I mean, you, you just got to give him a, so much credit for getting the win in that Triple G fight, which I don't know. I don't even know what we're supposed to call the fight of the year, but it probably should be. Canelo Triple G2. That was just an amazing fight. Great segue. Fight of the year in 2018, Rafe. There, I've seen a few different picks. I don't think there was a slam dunk clear choice this year. I saw a lot of people picking Arislandi Lara, Jarrett Hurd, which I loved that fight. By the way, let's give that fight the respect it deserves. But I'm going to side with you. I thought Triple G Canelo 2 was better than the first. It was a pay-per-view that exceeded the expectations and the money you put in. It was one of the best live experiences I've ever had. Triple G Canelo 2 was all action all the time. It meant something. There was that typical boxing drama of who's going to win when the scorecards come out. Guys, wake up. That's the damn fight of the year. It was amazing action fought on such a high level. We saw new things from both fighters. They were both successful in ways that we hadn't seen them be successful against each other in the first fight. It was just it was uh, and the whole the tension watching it just being like oh my god what the it is happening with triple g and then he's uh, yeah it was it was i i just don't think anything measures up to that because that's fight of the year is where the the political fact i don't know it's not political but where the the big stage stuff comes in a little bit more for me. I, 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 fighter of the year, I kind of want that to be pure, but fight of the year, I really think the big moment does factor in. You know, I thought Triple G was getting in that ass. Uh, shout out to Canelo, by the way, for fighting the real Mexican style and making that an incredible fight. Certainly Wilder Fury is on this ballot. It was so dramatic. It was everything we would have wanted from a heavyweight pay-per-view main event. Uh, we got a shout out to Cruiserweight Classic, Rafe. Whether you liked Usyk Brightus, whether you liked the fight that was probably better than that, which was Dorikos Gassiev. I mean, we saw some pretty damn, I'm sure there's a all Japanese fight on YouTube I that saying, I missed. Aren't, this aren't year. you, what are you gonna, you're just gonna snub that Shokimura fight that, that, that a lot of people are saying was the fight of the year? I know. Guys like Cliff Rold and, and our boy Adam Abramowitz are probably listening right now going, turn this off. Turn the station off. All right. Yeah. Turn off your damn station. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah, Philly style. Um, all right, Rafe, let's get into some more fun awards. This is the 2018 Manny Stewart. Oh my God! Oh year. my God! Look at this! Look, Rafe, to me, this is uh, the moment of the year. This is what this award signifies. That one moment on the year where you lost your ish for boxing in something that truly mattered. My 2018 moment of the year is Tyson Fury doing the damn Undertaker in round 12 against Deontay Wilder. Getting knocked out, I thought, on that vicious two-piece. Eyes rolled to the back of his head. Eyes wide shut mask on Wilder. And then... He rose from the damn grave. Rave, tell me a better moment from this year. Insane. I, that really is the moment that everyone is going to remember. I, I will. You got. We got to show a little bit of love to Alex Sacedo and Lenny Z in that fourth round when Lenny Z starts to turn the fight and there's just blood flying all over. And it was a Sacedo is going to survive the round type experience that 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 was more i mean that fits the mold of the moments that our namesake here the late great emmanuel stewart as a broadcaster he, he would save that for 
those crazy rounds that that Ortiz Berto won, that Jirov Tony, yes. those kind of oh my god. That 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 uh yeah the, I mean Gotti Ward he was incredible in Gotti Ward one calling that as well um I think this kind of coincides with our round of the year award Rafe because you just nailed what I thought of the two top contenders and I'm gonna go Wilder Fury round twelve it was you you have if you have to understand the tension in that moment in round twelve because Fury's pitching what's kind of like this perfect game and there's two outs in the ninth right. And he gets knocked down, and then you're like, what does this do for the scorecards? Wait, are his legs going to be okay? And not only did he get up like Martinez did against Chavez, right? Like those type of moments, but he fought back like a man and really almost won that round. So he gets up. Remember that left hook he took? Flush, and I'm like, oh, my God, he's dead. And then he comes back, and I thought he rocked Wilder. And then they're brawling until the bell. I didn't see a better round this year. I loved round 12 of Lara heard i love that saucedo round four with lenny z but the stage and the drama of wilder fear are you kidding me damn yeah I, i'm not gonna fight you on that it was i mean remember remember right after that someone on on twitter set the video of of that 12th round from the knockout to rock to like the rocky music and like he you know he gets fairy gets up and then he starts winning the rest of the round he's landing clean shots wilder looks like he shot his load a little bit and i remember sitting there thinking oh my god is fury gonna get a knockdown to to even this out it really seemed like that was possible that's how crazy that was it's 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 a moment by fans, whether you were lucky enough to be covering it or in the ring, whatever, if you saw that live, you're, that's one of those things you're going to remember talking about, telling stories about, yo, the guy got up. Oh my, like, it's, it's just a, it's so exciting. It was great. That's how men deal. That's how men roll. He ain't a man. All right, Rafe, let's get into the, uh, turn off your damn station award for 2018. You have a problem? Turn off your station. Uh, to me, this award means the worst major fight of the year. The fight that was billed as important, and it sucked the damn. Yeah, that. Um, I'm going to give it to March 31st in Wales. Damn near 80K in the building. Unification fight at heavyweight between two unbeaten champions. Anthony Joshua and Joseph the Burger King Parker. And you know what? The fight blew. Let's be really honest. I try, I was ready to turn off my damn station. Uh, it was, it was bad. I mean, you want to, you want to kind of give them a little bit of leeway because, or at least, at least give Joshua some leeway because Parker seemed like he was fighting a very safe fight. And then the, the X factor of the referee who remember that guy who was just breaking up, breaking them up anytime they even got close to each other not even holding yeah so if, he, if they were almost tip on down. tip in their crotch he was like no 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 this, this is Danny's we don't, night. We don't no. space dock in this one no no <laughs> don't cross swords this is danny's night get out of, yeah yeah this is this is yusuf's movie get out of here yes wait no that, that <laughs> but was that was first. all right i'm I, look he's an actor now all right you got to respect the career choice oh. uh it was yeah the fight was a big letdown what can you do? Uh, it was one where I remembered watching it on my uh, on my streaming and thinking I don't want to turn off my damn streaming. It was bad. Yeah, yeah, absolutely was. All right, uh, let's get into this award. It's called the Yeah Right Jeffrey Award, brought to you by Joe Horn. <laughs> yeah right, Jeffrey. No, <laughs> I don't think so. But anyway, it's good to dream, you know. It is good to dream. The 2018 fighter who bit off more than he could chew, Rafe. Who's your award going to? 
I think we're going to keep it in the Horn family and say our guy, the shapeshifter, Anthony Mundine, <laughs> at 74 years old, making something between 147 and 154 pounds for the very last time, coming way down in weight. It didn't work out well for him. That fight lasted about three seconds, and so I, it just was Terrible, awful performance from the shapeshifter Mundine. He bit off more than he could chew against the one and only Joe Horn. I love that pick. By the way, my pick though, I gotta give it to Rocky Fielding. Canelo moving up in weight. We're launching the Canelo <laughs> era that. on yes. the zone in MSG. Whatever you think about Rocky Fielding, just think about what you would be thinking if you were Rocky Fielding. Yeah, I'd be the bigger man and use my jab and maybe, like, try to do some stuff. I wouldn't be all smiley. And, by the way, Rocky Fielding, I do like the guy. I interviewed him twice. He's a, he's a he's a sweetheart. Did you see he went on this giant vacation after that fight? He was at Disney World. He was in the islands. He was in, he was all over the place. I mean, shout out to him and the family. They cashed in, Rafe. Yeah, I, I, look, you, that's, you wait for an opportunity like that. You take it when it comes. I think the fans would have liked a little more of a spirited or just smart effort from Fielding. He definitely, you know, I forgot another guy who bit off way more than he could chew because it was early in the year. Remember our guy, Phil LoGreco, getting splattered <laughs> by Amir Khan in 30 seconds? He, man, he gets a yeah right Jeffrey too. Yeah, I'm with you on that. I mean, you could even go as far as uh, offering him another award, Rafe. I know this sounds terrible. I think he should finish. Let's get into it. Who wins the – that's too harsh. No, sorry, sorry, Mohamed. I cut you off. The Prince Nassim Award, I think he should finish. Which big-name fighter are we really offering that to that, you know what, maybe it's time to go after the performance you gave us? Oh, man. Well, he's not there yet. Maybe, maybe this is more of a prediction for 2019, but I think it the, the bell may finally toll for – the for for the special K and the little chocolate brownies, Kell Brook. If he gets a big fight as he is looking for now, probably at 154 pounds, where you know he's going to be small there. He's big for a welterweight, going to be small against some of those monsters at 154. He gets thrown in with a mungia or something because he's looking for a payday. We could be in Kell Brook. I think he should finish territory. I'm going to throw my I think he should finish at David Price. We love the guy. He's 6'9". He's this colorful heavyweight, but he gets sent to hell by everyone. I know he knocked Povetkin, Povetkin into the ropes, and we thought, oh, maybe he's back. No, he's back to hell. I'll fight David Price any day of the week. You see you, former from Liverpool. It's personal between me and you, and I'm going to do you some serious harm, you big stiff idiot. Okay, all right. Thanks, thanks Tyson. Okay, live Tyson, time. we're live. We're live on TV. Also, they're going to need 10 plumbers to do you when I've got finished with you. Also, you and your beep. All right. Uh, shout out to there, David Price. I think it might be time to go, dude. I mean, does you, you, let's protect your brain at this point. Well, that leads us, I think, into one of another of our awards, the, the, the sloppy Super Bowl of 2018. But you see that David Price is already in talks to star in what could be the sloppy Super Bowl of 2019 against none other than David Allen, your guy, the white rhino. What the, how sloppy is that going to be if they do it? Oh, I, I mean, I would watch, I, I hate to say it, I would watch one more David Price 
putting his life on the line moment uh, very <laughs> ill-advisedly in that David Allen fight. And you know what? This, the crazy thing is Price could win that. Allen is there to get hit. Yes. Uh, Price can still punch. He he showed that. And that, that will be a sloppy That would be Super fun. Bowl, the, the Doncaster Darren Barker, my man there, the White Rhino. I mean, we transition right into the Sloppy Super Bowl Award. I made an extra sloppy just <laughs> for the sloppiest crap of the year, Rafe. I don't know who you're going with. I think it's a unanimous decision here for the Rooster versus JSK, a Golden Boy ESPN special. This wasn't boxing. This was like, this was like a, like gross adult films. Like what was this? This was, this was what it looks like when two brothers bang it out in the backyard, Brian. It was nasty. I was there. I was like, what am I watching? This is, I drove two hours to watch this. I feel terrible about myself. Him and his brother used to bang it out all the time. Now you. Oh, Todd Grisham. Todd Grisham, shout out. He had a resurgent year. Shout out to Todd Grisham. He's back. By the way. Resurgent, resurgent on the mic and in the flesh. Yes. The man is ripped now. He looks like he's ready to take on the 168 pound division. I think he needs a, the performance enhancing audio award of the year for, uh, most, uh, performance drugs taken in the boxing game. It's, uh, <laughs> he's, he's, he's just on that good oxy ripper, that, that Badu Jack ripper. That's it. Yeah, well, that might be it, but. And then the phrase tainted meat hit the Lexus. Yes, it might be some of that as well. Hey, let's get into the 2018 In This Corner State of Combat podcast guest of the year. Rafe, we've had some great ones. We've had some great moments. Is there a guest performance, a moment that stands out to you the most 2018 on the show? Oh man, you know, that's one of the great things that we, this, this community, this, this group of, of brave individuals who will stand on the wall and watch <laughs> for loads. The load watch community is really grown to a degree that I don't, I, 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 it's hard to pick. Last year was easy. It was Mr. ADK, Alex Godinez. He just, he was just, well, out I'm of control. talking about guests. You're talking about fans oh, of the year. The I'm guests. talking about oh, guests. Man, I, yeah. Oh man, ah, let me think. I gotta say, Michaela Mayer, I just loved that interview. Oh, it was the best. How dare it was my, you? It was, I, look, I was so into it, I couldn't even. I was speechless. I was just listening to you guys go. How dare you? Uh, I, I was gonna hope it was Teddy Atlas. A lot of people did like that Teddy Atlas interview because he he schooled us. He went deep. But Rafe, you were not one of them, so that will not win the award this year. I gotta give it to the guy, the Bob Father, Bob Aram. When we sat down with him in Vegas for Triple G Canelo two weekend. He sends Dan Rayfield to hell. He uh, he breaks down in, in detail the orgy at the Philippine Grand Garden Hotel. That was an all-time interview. It gave us sound bites that we'll never forget, Rafe. It gave us things that we're still playing today. We don't believe in <laughs> Hey, Bob. I mean, don't die, Bob. He's my guest of the year. I mean, who, who he else was also, missing? Brian, that was when he, he was just at a media lunch screaming out for everyone to hear we don't work with manny pacquiao anymore like and that was really the first official word anyone had heard of it it was such a, a weird way to announce but we were right there watching it was kind of a big moment it was the end of an era all right let's transition because you you tease the bag on listener of the year this is a listener supported show last year in a in a wide 120 to 106 type of pacquiao algeri type decision it was alex Godinez at the Alex Godinez, our number one fan, the guy who won those tickets from Loeffler to be ringside for the Triple G fight. Um, and still, Rafe, all right? 
Wow. And still, you know what? I think it's really, it's, it's true. 80K, I mean, we're sliding in the DMs, trading, trade. He's sending me these great, uh, little, uh, Chocolate scripts brownies. he made treatments for the, uh, for, for possible Canelo Triple G2 ads that were way better than the real ads. And yeah, that's my guy. I, I'm, I'm all good with that. Nobody's can't gonna, wait he's, to, it's 80K. I can't wait till he sells your kidney on the black market. That's gonna be great. No, I, I love me some Alex Godinez, and we love our listeners because they contribute so much to this movement, Rafe, that we didn't try to start in 2018. Hashtag LoadWatch2018. Rafe, we didn't try to start this. Some people give credit, by the way, to uh, Sal Palantonio for actually being the pioneer, the guy who got uh, ahead of it, the guy who said, look, there's a movement here going. Let him shoot his low, and then down the stretch, do what we do best. When did you think that the fight was starting to turn when he shot his low and you could come at him? I mean, Sal, Sal Pal was like, I got to legitimize this. When did you, you know. So he shot his low. I mean, Rafe, are, the people kept this thing going. They kept it moving. They wanted to see, I don't know if this is the right wording. They wanted seeing things get shot. They wanted this to be a thing. To the point that we had to create an award, the hashtag LoadWatch 2018 broadcasting moment of the year in boxing. Because this movement penetrated, if you will, Rafe, many boxing broadcasts. Many! Yes, or two more, he might have. I mean, Rafe, everywhere you looked, people were, were doing gross things. Everywhere, Rafe. What's your load watch moment of the year in 2018? Well, I think that the moment has to be when the movement came around full circle <laughs> and you were calling some disowned Britain, Britain fights, watching people throw different colored brownies around. I guess it's only one color of brownies. Uh, anyway, you were calling these British fights and you worked in a very smooth load watch reference and someone on Twitter hashtagged it and sent it to me saying, hey, we had a load watch. And I was like, no, that's not a load watch. That's just BC. <laughs> I think you nailed it. I think that has to be the load watch moment of the year. We came, we really, we legitimized something. We brought it to the forefront, Rafe. We're even we the regular created people. an inside man. We have an inside man now. It's you. You have to carry the flag. You are now creating change from the inside of the business you got you better effing get inside wow. on them and wow. make load watch a thing if you're going to tease that bag you and play with it you better be prepared for what happens next you have a little bit of fun with the bag you play with it you land combinations on the bag wow uh hey rafe the touching m's award well you ain't gonna touch an m yet I'm touching M's. That's why I'm in my way I HBO. I get that. I know you're gonna or probably get, get it. You don't know what I'm touching. But don't say. You don't know what I'm Yeah, you I'm... really. Da Danny, you don't know. You don't have an idea what, what Jermall is touching in that moment. Rafe, what does the touching M's award mean to you? For me, it, it, it belongs to the fighter who finally did touch an M. Someone who hasn't had that big payday in his career, and all of a sudden they're touching M's. And I think it should go to none other than mighty Mo Maurice Hooker. Wow. 
because Top Rank had to come way out of pocket to try and get that belt off of him that with the man enforcing the mandatory winning the purse bid to have Hooker Saucedo. And the great thing about Maurice Hooker, who came in with the with the belt, so he got 75% of a purse worth over a million and a half dollars. So he's walking home with more than a mil. He touched his M and he said, you know what? You tried to buy this belt off me. I'm going to knock your guy out and keep the belt and the money. Thank you, Bob. See you on the zone. Yeah, Maurice did actually have a sneaky fighter of the year campaign where in the beginning we're just heckling his name. We're doing shout out to BoxingScene.com. Rick Reno, who's just giving us the gold every every day, it seems, of hooker colon insert funny phrase next. But hooker became a thing, man. I mean, this category is a mid-range hooker who's going to be seeking him. Whoa, whoa, Dwyer. That's what hookers do. They seek him. I prefer... Kind of like to shop on the lower range. I'm a Walmart shopper, but you know, Dwyer's into the mid range. I, you know, BC, Mr. PBC is probably up there in the, in the, in the penthouse suite. I think that's magic. Uh, I will give my, uh, touching M's award. You gotta give it to Big Red Canelo because this guy touched more M's. I mean, 11 fight, $365 million deal from the zone. Zone and Eddie Hearn and these guys have a plan to build a platform. They're luring people like Canelo to the platform and he, stuff like that. Yeah, but well, hold on, Dwyer. He, I mean, Hi, it's Dwyer. I know, I know, I know. He owned the platform, Rafe. I mean, this guy's going to be like wiping M's at this point, right? Yeah, that's true. If you, if you're just looking at who is holding, touching, feeling, bathing in the most M's, it is definitely, definitely Canelo Alvarez. Uh, and, and you, we used to be able to say, well, I don't know, maybe AJ makes more money in the UK. No, no, Canelo is just touching all the M's. He could come and take your M's too. He's got so, it's just crazy. Uh, but you know what? That reminded me, that reminded me that 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 maybe the DAZN paradigm is shifting and it's not going to be Eddie Hearn doling out the M's anymore because of Canelo coming in, John Skipper having this relationship with uh Oscar De La Hoya and Golden Boy. They have they a relationship. A they have a platform. They built no, an I, after party in the hotel room. Seven days, signing a deal, lots of talcum, uh, <laughs> fish scales. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Oscar, I got, does, I got two words for you, Oscar, right? Yeah. I mean, I love watching, uh, yeah, love watching De La Hoya. Oh, uh, De La Hoya was a freak, yeah. Yeah, I mean, he was. Look, watch Kiel was right. He was a freak, Rafe. Still is. Still is, Rafe. Wow. Yeah. But- Brian, well, anyway, let, let's bring this back to Earth a little bit. Are you a little bit worried about the DAZN situation here? Because usually when Golden Boy moves in, uh, look, look, for example, when Golden Boy and Main Events were both having deals supposedly with Facebook for Facebook Watch, all of a sudden just Golden Boy had a deal with Facebook for Facebook Watch. Now Golden Boy and Matchroom USA, or Matchroom in general, are sharing some of this DAZN pie. Except the guy who's in charge of DAZN in America, John Skipper, he cut his deal with Oscar. Are you a little bit worried that Earn with Hearn, that whole movement, is going to kind of slide away? Because you see where I'm going with this. I And I recommend... Dude, I, I Eddie Hearn signed okay. a billion-dollar deal! It going oh, nowhere. We don't know the details of that deal, man. It, we it, there's a lot of reporting that maybe it was just two years guaranteed, and then after that, there's options. And with a new boss, and Skipper didn't sign Eddie Hearn. Skipper signed the Golden Boy, and 
after when that two years is up, maybe they want to get rid of that option. And if Eddie Hearn sees that writing on the wall, you think he's going to give the zone his best fights? We saw Dillian White and Derek Chisora too already end up on Showtime. That was interesting. People are reading those tea leaves a little bit. Well, the I want to give some credit stated. to that guy, Fistianato's podcast. Uh, Evan Rutkowski, former HBO marketing exec. Yo, that guy breaks it down. He is actually, it's, it's, it's kind of mind blowing because we get so used to on Twitter seeing a bunch of people lying or just misinterpreting data about viewership and things. And this guy just comes on and explains it. That it's good. And he's saying the way it looks at the zone, we may not see Wilder Joshua till 2020 because Eddie Hearn may be holding that as the carrot that he uses to get his next big TV deal well, in the United States. Let's let's break it break it down a little bit. What people don't realize is Joshua was never officially part of the DAZN deal. Remember when he first signed that billion dollar DAZN deal it said that Joshua was not part of it. They paid extra to get Joshua against Povetkin to launch DAZN and also the the weird thing with that White Jazor rematch last minute going to Showtime was that DAZN has rights to all of Eddie's non-pay-per-view bouts in England. That happened to be an English pay-per-view. Showtime was able to buy the streaming rights. You pose an interesting conspiracy theory. I just, with the billion dollars, I just don't see why Eddie's going to want to leave that. I think he'd rather wait until DAZN crumbles and runs out of money than try to pull out, if you will. You probably have. At never, some, check. never check. Never check at some point. I, I, don't put the writing on the wall yet. I mean, look, there's always questions if this money can last, certainly, and if they can really be a player in this space. they got to make really good fights, of course. Um, Canelo's got to fight the best coming up, and you got to be careful because – I stopped Canelo. I knocked Canelo up. Just, I just want to remind you of that. So you got to be careful, but uh, let's let's let it happen. I'm not, ready to, I'm not ready to start digging that grave, Rafe. How dare you? How dare you? Hey, let's get into 2018 ball sack of the year, Rafe. Got to give Mikey the ball sack of the year award for taking that fight because they got to be this big to jump out two weight classes. Ball of the year, Mikey Garcia. Hell yeah. <laughs> Take his house out of the way, Rave. Bowels of the year. We haven't seen this fight. It's going to be Fox pay-per-view in March, but I got to agree. Mikey Garcia eschewing other plans to say, no, I'm going to 47. I want Errol Spence. Errol Spence by murder. I want that murder. Dial M. All right? Dial H if you're horny. Dial M if you're dead. I, he's Rave, how about that man's balls? I'm going to have to agree. Those are some very big brass ones. And if it, it indeed turns out to be Errol Spence by murder, we will remember those nuts. I mean, where else are you going to get that kind of package? Because they had a full package. Where are they going to get that full package today? Who puts their balls on the line? Who does that in boxing? Uh, Mikey Garcia does that. All right, Rafe. I was going to do Hooker of the Year, but I think that's going to ha- has to go to Maurice Hooker. So we'll we'll move past that one. Boxing Prospect of the Year, a legitimate award, Rafe. A lot of people for the second straight year giving it to the hashtag Takeover. Shout out, by the way. Hey, you know what? State of Combat Provider of the Year, Evan Corn, top rank, the corner man. Corner Love man. that man. He he provided us with the access to our best interviews of the year, and he got on the horn to us. If you, if you wheel and said, you gotta get this guy Teo on the show. It was right when I was falling in love with him. Teo Fimo Lopez Jr. Really, if you're being honest for the second straight year, kind of the prospect of the year, Rafe. He's about to burst. He's teasing the bag. I think he's ready for the mess. Are you? Yeah, I want to see it. Look, I don't want to see him go straight into fighting Vasil Lomachenko like he sometimes says he's ready to, which I is 
quite a bold idea. Uh, that would be some ball sack of the year type stuff. Uh, but shoot, you know, he wants to move fast. He just knocked, he, he knocked that knockout against Mason Menard while we try not to read into crazy one shot first round knockouts. Holy crap. I, I'm ready, ready to, uh, go a little bit overboard on that because that was just chilling. Unbelievable. That's a good transition. KO of the year, Rafe. I got three words for you. Rock hard Maynard. It's Teofimo Lopez Jr. This is not a recency bias thing. There's been some good KOs this year, but he knocked the guy out. Spark. One punch, first round, face first, vicious soir. You are what the French call less dead, Maynard. Yeah, that was one where if I were the uh Quebecois announcer, I'd be like, oh la la, oh la 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 la, yes yes, oh oui la la. It was cor- it was whenever you get the the guy is knocked out really instantaneously, but his body hasn't fallen yet, and he does like the slow motion going down. It is, it's one of, I mean, it's a very sick thing to witness, but it is, uh it's very visceral. I mean, you don't forget it. You're like, holy crap. Hey, we're going to debut a new year, a new award this year, uh, the 2018 Dwyer Men, Man of the Year Award. I've looked at a lot of guys. Rafe, the award for who's looked at most guys. Does it go to Uf- Yusuf Mack again? He's, he's, he's been looked at and touched by a lot of guys. Wow. Wow. I've looked at a lot of guys. It's true. It is true. That was a little bit ridiculous, though. we got to be honest. Now we get... Even more ridiculousness in boxing. And it's sad. Yeah, well, it's, it's up to the, the holder. Hey, Jacker of the Year in boxing. Bronze Bomber, you game. Are you a jacker? Remember I asked Tyson Fury during that interview I had with him on the podcast earlier this year exactly what is a jacker? Do you remember his definition, Rafe? A guy who backs out. A guy who doesn't... Whoop. Whoa, my whoa. mic is going crazy. Oh, right, right. All you need is one mic, Nas. Come on. Oh, yeah, my bad. Uh, a guy who backs out, a guy who doesn't stand up, won't won't be in until his dying breath. Yeah, I guess he, he says, uh, yeah, yeah, he's a quitter. He's a quitter. Um, the, Our Jacker of the Year award, Rafe, really for the, the you know, well, hold on a second. I'm not pulling out nothing. It's on like Donkey Kong. Yeah, you know, it runs in the family. I'll never fuck. I won't jack up his eight like Ambry. Uh, you had an interesting choice this year for Jacker of the Year. I guess, look, the, 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 I, my choice was supposed to be Freddie Roach, right? Yeah, that's it. Give it to him. He's a jacker. I mean, he's not, he's not exactly backing out, but what he did was some jacker behavior in an interview on Fair Game with Christine Leahy, where he's there basically throwing Ben Davison, the young trainer of Tyson Fury under the bus, saying that, with bad advice, was saying that Tyson Fury should have gone for the knockout against Deontay Wilder. Almost no one thinks that that would have worked out, that he would have gotten that. Now, sure, maybe it would have, it's possible. There were moments where where you saw Fury landing clean shots and you're thinking, hmm, okay, you know, maybe he could press this a little harder. But you saw that one time, one time in the fight, he, he took, he, he landed a great right hand and admired his work and boom, he was almost out for the night. So it was, it, the whole performance in that show by Freddie Roach was some jacker stuff. And we love Freddie Roach. He's been great to everyone here in the United States and boxing media. He's a great character for the sport. The stuff with Manny is the stuff of fairy tales, but that is some desperate ass jacker BS, Wasteman, Dosser, bad stuff. Don't do that, Freddie. 
You can't handle your speed, son. I'm with you on that. That was pretty bad stuff from Pacquiao. I mean, I know he's feeling himself. He's back with Roach. I mean, back with back with the Pac-Man. So, I see that Freddie Roach is back with Manny Pacquiao. And I say, great. Revisit their collaboration. This was a bad collaboration, though. You're right. He kind of just pissed all over the party of Tyson Fury really providing the story, the comeback of the year. I mean, come on, Freddie. You're better than that. Freddie, though, on that show with Kristen Leahy did not – what's the name of that show? State of Play? Fair Game. Fair, fair Game. game. Fair, fair Game. Fair Game. Uh, he did provide the Fair Game moment, though, of the year. That has to go – I know you don't like talking about this, but that has to go to Deontay Wilder. I mean, he damn near – you know, right? With the squirt guns, you know what I'm talking about, Rafe, right? I mean, this is what I saw. This guy is trying to shoot some bombs. Did you see that with the squirt guns spraying each other's face? I mean, come on, come on. I'm I'm, I'm just going to be Homer Simpson right now. Pornography. (laughs) I was buying pornography. Mr. Nuts? Yes, yes. Uh, Rafe, the Al Heyman Award, right? Al Heyman, the GOAT. I know some people call him different things. You gotta talk to Mr. Cancer. But for us, Al Heyman, the GOAT. The GOAT Award. What was Al Heyman's greatest coup in 2018, Rafe? Wow, wow. Well, I guess it's not gonna be in 2018, but if he does pull this Triple G coup that they're saying, the rumors out there, don't believe the rumors, Tom Loughlin says, don't believe it. <laughs> don't be- speak it, believe it, receive it. I don't know what to speak, believe, or receive, but that would be an Al Heyman the GOAT type moment. What is, what was the one in 2018 though? Oh, uh, signing the Fox deal? Basically at the point oh, where- Oh, that's some pretty, that's some good M's, yeah. Yeah, at the point where everybody was like, what a failure this PBC was, right? What a three-year failure. No, Al kinda came back and put it, boxing on national television again, and they're paying him to do it. And let's not forget, he signed Manny Pacquiao. Like, I know Pacquiao is washed, but he's going to get a couple pay-per-views out of Pacquiao. You can put him on Fox in terms of, like, what I mean by that is during NFL games on Fox, you can run features and advertisements for Manny Pacquiao for your pay-per-views. I know Pacquiao is going to be on Showtime pay-per-view against Broner, but my point is you added him to your stable. You could use this, no, you know, the, the second most now acknowledged name in boxing at the moment of among people who are semi-active, right? I mean, it's Floyd and Manny. That's a big move from Al. Al Heyman the GOAT, it's true. And he's going to use Pacquiao ultimately to get his other guys over because now Pac is saying, yes, if I beat Broner, I want the Spence fight. So there's there's that, Rafe. He wants to stay busy. And speaking of Arthur Trujillo, our Stay Busy Award this year. How busy would you like to be this year? Busy. Who you got, Rafe? I got to say the juggernaut, Joe Joyce, the heavyweight prospect, fought something like seven times this year, probably only fought 12 rounds in seven fights, uh, all squash matches pretty much, but he's just a, he's a, you know, he's an older prospect, stayed in the Olympics, he's like 33, and but big, active, weird fighter who it's, it's hard to see his style working against actually good boxers, but Hell, I, I want to see what happens because he's all, he just sort of he moves forward kind of clunky and his shots are th- he throws these winging shots that look like they shouldn't have power on it because they're not very straight. But then guys just like go full tension Nasukawa every time he touches them. <laughs> they go flying across the ring. And these are fairly seasoned heavyweights like like Lenroy Thomas, who we've seen in those Boxino tournaments back in the day. So these are not total total wastemen these are borderline wastemen and 
Joe Joyce is just, he's my, he's my busy fighter of the year. I want to see, stay busy and see, well, he might get Luis Ortiz next, wow. which woo, that could be dangerous, but yes. you know, it's time to step him up a little bit. Look, Let's when, see it. When you got killing power, it's time to use it. Deontay Wilder, formidable puncher, proved it. The man's got killing power. Yeah. And if he doesn't kill you, he can probably leave your brain damaged. I mean, that's just the reality of boxing. All right, Rafe, we have to roll on there. The uh, Gerald Nobles Award for getting beat by a man with... You should get beat by a man with titties. Come on, man. You got him. You got him. My award is going to go to Carlos Negron, who in, was a late December edition on the PBC on Fox card, getting knocked out to hell by Boobs Brazil in the final round of what was a pretty entertaining heavyweight scrap. I got no problems with that. I, I think we owe an honorable mention to all the fighters who lost to Dave Allen this year. They also <laughs> got beat by a man with titties. Oh, come on. That's a low blow. It's not a blow, not a blow blow. Yes, it is. It's a blow blow. All right, Rafe. The uh, Al Bundy Award, a newcomer in 2018. The Al Bundy Most Favored Russian Award. Uh, the Russian, I think, is is more to my liking. Okay. Interesting, now, Rafe. This is essentially going out to Russian Fighter of the Year or Eastern European Al Bundy believes you're a Russian Fighter of the Year. And personally, Rafe, I think there's only one choice. Alexander Grosdick. Shout out, of course, to Adonis Stevenson, who is turning the corner, thankfully. You know, prayers out to him, starting to speak, acknowledging people. But he got knocked out by... Alexander Grosdick. In a breakthrough performance. He's my most favored Russian of the year. That, I think that's a great choice because, like Al Bundy's Russian, he's not Russian. <laughs> and, and he speaks Russian, and he's to my liking. All right, that, 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 that summed it up right there. All right, Rafe, I know it's 2018, but we have an award that dates all the way back to 2013. I actually sleep with a lot of women. It's 2013. That's what we do. I mean, Paulie's right. You want to call it the Paulie Malinaji Award? You want to call it the Bang Bang Award? Bang, 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 bang. Try and stop it. Bang. You want to call it, I don't know, the Raw Dog Award? You're facing you. the real one. This is what I asked this for. This is what get. I'm getting. You're going to get this. And that's what I want, the real deal. The Raw Dog. You're going to get You're going to get it. You're going to get it. You want to call it, I don't know, another hot beef injection, whatever you want to call it. Maybe the most promiscuous fighter, the most active, the most stay-busy fighter outside of the ring, Rafe, if you will. There's only one man who's getting my award this year. We, we got, we got a bang the man who's doing that all the time, it's Rye Guy, Ryan Garcia, who possibly has... Uh, I, 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 you know, I, we don't we don't like to say this term a lot, even though it's become a thing about, you know, the guys who, who you know... But he's done that all over Southern California at every high school prom. You, at some I, point, Rafe, you got to give the guy the respect. I, it's true. Look, when I go outside, I just carry an umbrella because I don't know what's going <laughs> to oh, fall God. on me out here. I mean, it's, I, I'm living in the heart of King Rye country, Bang. and I just don't know. I just don't know what is going to befall me on any given day. He's out here spraying like a like a like he needs to be fixed. Bang! See you later. Left, right, good night. There's a lot of that going on, and we, you know, I mean, he taught us a lot about DMs for in our old age. Yeah, I'm gonna be honest with you. It goes down as DMs. I believe him, Rafe. I want to. I want to see those, and then you know, when he gave us this analysis, I just want to hedge you here and say he was not talking about boxing. And then I take advantage, and then when I shoot my shot, it, I shoot, you know, for the KO. Yeah, uh, he. 
He's not getting up, Jim. Oh. He also, <laughs> Ryan, he told you, he told you that him, Canelo, and Oscar, King Ryan is, is, is yes. the guy. He's the man in the club who gets the lady. By the way, did you, I, and Oscar was not, Oscar was not having that. that. Did you hear on that bonus interview a couple weeks ago when I had Oscar and I brought that up to him? I was already on the next question and Oscar grabbed my heart and arm and goes, bro, bro, I'm the goat. I'm the goat. Which is basically saying, right guy's wrong at this day at age 45. I'm still getting that. That's what Oscar was trying to tell us right there, right? Maybe, maybe, maybe he deserves the Paulie Malignaggi 2013 award for promoters who sleep with a lot of women. Wow, that should be a, maybe we should bring that in next year, 2019, you know what I mean? <laughs> I mean, don't tinkle with the Finkel or anything, but maybe. Hey, Rafe, the 2018 Service I Have Award. On uh, Showtime, a service I have. Network of the Year, Rafe. This was an interesting year with the death of HBO. Top ranking ESPN really going to the forefront. You had DAZN launching. You had some things going on. Fox is back in terms of putting on fights that we're at least going to tune into. The service I have network of the year for you in 2018. You know what? I'm going to say DAZN, not because it had the big, biggest year, but just because of what it means for the sport. This that that it is embracing streaming. It's going to be one of the first things after what WWE to really go have a, a such a significant part portion of it just straight over the top. Uh, and it's something that the, the market is probably going to have to catch up to eventually. It's going to be pro look, the zone may not even survive this movement that they're starting in boxing, but it's still such a seismic shift in the, in the, in the, the way that we're going to consume this sport that I think it, it deserves it. Even if it definitely didn't have the fights to really deserve it. I gotta give it to Showtime, and it's not because I'm preferential because of paychecks in my pocket, because I'm still cashing some DeZone and Fox checks, by the way. Big year for BC, we gotta be honest here. I don't know how it's gonna last. Savor the flavor, keep cashing them checks while they're there. I thought Showtime, with, especially with HBO's death, really came out and was like, we're, we're number one. We got the best announced team. We got the best quality. They really put on good fights as well. And, uh, I'm gonna give that the award, Rafe. But, uh, while they had a very panache award, a year? There was 2018 people who did not. No panache, no flair, no show. Waste of money. To me, that's the worst performance from a top fighter in 2018. And I know we already crapped on it, but I got to give it to Joseph Parker. You kind of laid an egg against Anthony Joshua. You didn't go for the win. You tried to box from the outside. And then who took his soul later in the year, basically? Dillian White. What an awful year for the Burger King. Yeah, you know, the the, the part of that that really stuck with me is the second fight, the Dillian White fight, he, he looked like he was in worse shape than he had been for the Joshua fight. Now, you, I guess you got to give him credit for jumping right back into a difficult fight at heavyweight after suffering the first loss of his career, basically saying like, I'm, I'm getting right back in there, but it didn't work out for him. And he, he just, he looked pretty listless in that. He went down for the first time in his career. He did almost pull out that late victory in the 12th round, which was uh, just both guys totally gassed and shot to hell. And it was a very fun, sloppy 12th round because it was full of drama and slop. But uh, overall, man, it's it, you're, this is a guy who, if things had broken right, could have come out, of, could be at the very top of the heavyweight pile. Instead, He's somewhere down in the, you know, the, the, the back half of the top 10. He's back down in New Zealand, right? That's where he is at this point. What a rough year for him. All right. But people out there had great years and they made us feel with the feel spot moments of the year. The I am feel. The one that just touched you and tickled you the most. I'm very feel. You're very feel. I'm very feel. I mean, it's of course inspired by Usyk. I am feel. 
I'm very filled. Rafe, there were a lot of moments that touched us. I, I gotta be honest, for me, it was the hug post fight between Usyk and Tony Bellew after Usyk knocked him out. A breakthrough, really sealed Usyk winning fighter of the year, but it brought an end to Tony Bellew's amazing emotional career at 35. He fought so well in that fight. And to see them embrace and hog and kiss each other, both sharing emotional words. I don't know if Usyk understood any of them, but I did, Rafe. I caught the feels. That was a great moment. I, I, I think Tony Bellew may, may earn it also for just his, his post fight speeches, his, all of his talking, all of his salt of the earth that after he knocked out David Hay and he's sort of rambling, he's so emotional and he's talking about how you know, I'm not much, I'm not good at much of anything except getting punched in the face. And it's the only time I feel right. And he's given this whole, this whole, like, this is boxing. Yeah. Type. When his brother-in-law died, right? That was that whole. Right. You know, it's, it's all this. He's, he, he really, he summed up emotions in such a great way. I'm going to miss him as a talker. You know, maybe he gets involved in broadcasting, but obviously when he's, he's got the, the blood pumping and he's just been in a fight or he's heading into a fight is when he really would bring out those, that deep, deep, deep boxing wisdom. And it was, it, he delivers it very well. That Liverpudlian accent sounds right. I was right. feeling it. I was feeling it. <laughs> You're feeling it. Yeah. That's right. Watch yourself. Yeah, watch yourself. Hey, speaking of Teddy Atlas, we, we can call this, I guess, the Against Who Award? Against Who? Against Who? Against Who? Against Who? I mean, maybe it should go, Rafe, to a top fighter who fought the most, like, who the hell is that opponents this year? Who the hell is that? <laughs> I knew he was going to say that. No. I mean, the kind of fights where even as hardcore fans, Rafe, we have no idea who these people are on the B-side. You are the boxing hardcore. You're not regular fans. Your fans who keep track of the sport week to week. Some of the names I've mentioned, I'm guessing many of you have never heard of. I'm going to give it to your boy Boo They don't quite okay. ring a bell. So, thank you, Dwyer. Thank you, Dwyer. Thank you, Dwyer. I know it was you the whole time. Hi, it's Dwyer. It still is. Hey, DwyerVIP.com. That thing's on fire right now. On fire with Dwyer. I'm going to give it to Demetrius Boo-Boo Andre. Makes his zone debut. We thought against Billy Joe Saunders. Has to fight Walter Cannon Duakwa last minute. And now has signed on to fight some guy named Avocado in his next one. Rafe, what the hell is going on here? Well, it's it's too bad that Wilder Fury was such an amazing moment. Because really, for much of 2018, Tyson Fury had this on lock with Surfing Safari <laughs> and Francisco the Pinata Man. Like, that was some ter- I mean, that was just brutal. I feel like we also got to give a little bit of a shout-out. I'm sorry, Corner Man. I think we got to put the ma- the guy El Zerdo Ramirez on this list <laughs> a little bit. No, for those fights against Alexis Romer Angulo and some guy he splattered in the second round. His Put it this way. His best fight of the year was that one recently, the same night of, what was it, night before, uh, yeah, we were in New York, yeah. Yeah, it was bad, something, something happened, uh, yeah. Canelo, it was the night before the Canelo fight, Canelo feeling, he fought Jesse Hart for the second time, and it was decent, but if that's why wow, you still you hate that fight, year, you still hate that fight, wow. Yeah. Unreal. It was, a, it was a good fight, but damn it, man, this guy is—he's—he did—he's not in the WBS. He didn't go into the WBSS 168. He's not. There's no path to unification there. He, I get. Look, I, I, he's talking about going up to 175 and maybe fighting guys like Vozdik and and stuff like that. 
That's great. I can't wait for that. But he's a long term against who guy? Against who? No, you're right. You're right. Although we got to give Surf and Safari a shout out. We did get one of, uh, I don't know. It depends on the flavor of your fuel spot, but it might have tickled you the most when him and Fury had that kissing at the weigh-in and they embraced. Then Fury picked up Safari after I the I do win. stuff that people don't do in boxing. When have you ever seen two men face to face before they fight and the other man kiss him on the lips? I've seen that in a couple of Yusuf Mac fights, but you know, that was just, you know, Hey, it was a moment. It was a moment. Let's, All right. Let's have some de- decency, a little bit of dignity here. Hey, hey. This yeah, is, oh, come on, come on. Like, no, 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 no. This, no, 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 this no. is Danny's adult film. Come on, come on. Um, oh yeah, and you, you, you did like for Field Spot of the Year. Gassiev giving the belt back to Dordicos in the locker room after that cruiserweight. That was a great moment. We gotta give that the shout out. Alright, the 80K award, Rafe, for the fight fought in front of the most people in the history of boxing. Uh, Certainly Joshua Povietkin was in that as a, as a candidate. Joshua Parker was a candidate. But I think really for like the seventh straight year, the award goes to 8,000 at Wembley Stadium. Perfectly on George Groves' chin and flattened him in front of 8,000 fans at the Wembley Stadium. I want to twice record, if you don't mind, in my last fight before, before I knocked out George Groves at Wembley Stadium in front of 8,000 fans. I, won- I mean, those Joshua fights were good, Rafe, but. Not quite 8,000 though, was it tonight? No, it wasn't. No, it wasn't, Carl. Look, there's only one Cobra, and he gets it's his award for as long as he wants it. All right, Rafe, our Sound Drop of the Year award. This is a person. What's your personal favorite? I've touched a lot of buttons. I've touched a lot of bees this year, Rafe. Is Man, there, is there it, a recurring is... one that you thought stood out in 2018? Well, look, we what a performance by Dwyer. Just taking the taking the soundboard by storm this was in a the late, last couple months yeah, of the year. Came on I mean, strong. that is an MVP. This is like Mackie Sasser joining the Mets from AAA and just going off on a huge tear at the beginning of his career. Rafe, this he's not good huge. for our soundboard. He's not great on our soundboard. He is a historical soundboarder, Rafe. Yeah. Uh is he your soundboard but, MVP? Yeah, he gotta be, right? I mean he, he uh, it's tough. I mean, Teddy, Stephen A. Uh, Tyson, there's so many real all-time greats, but look at what Dwyer has done in like two months. Yeah, you gotta, I mean, we get so much Dwyer feedback that the amount of tweets for more Dwyer, like people want not just more Dwyer on the show, they want Dwyer on the show. And that's a service we may have moving forward. We may have to. We may have to have that service, Rafe. Dwyer VIP, a service that I have. I mean, he's helped a lot of guys, but the fans are helping him out right now. Now, I need help from you, the boxing fan. They have. They've been come. They've been petitioning to get you on the show, my friend. Hey, we'll see what happens in 2019. Uh, I don't know if I have a button of the year. I press a lot of them, but... Um, I love Teddy. I, you you got to go back to Teddy constantly. So shout out to Teddy for being a regular, for being the soul of our soundboard. Um, Rafe, the I Love Your Daddy Award. Yes. We good friends. I love your daddy. But let's get it on. Hey, hey. hey and this kind of coincides with a lot of daddies that show up on our soundboard. Rafe, who is boxing's father of the year in 2018? Look, boxing always has a number of great dads who maybe sometimes aren't such great dads. It gets a little weird, those relationships. But – there's clearly a runaway I love your daddy daddy of the year. And it's got to got to be Big John Fury. Yes. Amazing year. Backing up his boy, the 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 king, Tyson Fury. I don't I, I'm not among that clan, so I don't use the word, but we know who he is. That Big John, he he owns this year. 
I'm treated and he ain't. Yeah, I mean, that's a, that's worthy of a shout out to the Gypsy crew, right? Shout out to the Irish crew, the 80K crew, the Godinez crew, all of them. Okay, Gypsy boys. Hey-oh! Hey-oh! Here we go. Here we go. Just like Mike Tyson. Who know? Do you think he could freestyle that whole thing word for word next time we have him on the pod? No, I don't think he has any recollection whatsoever of, of doing that All in right. his life. All right. Uh, final uh, award looking back on 2018 is the uh, no, 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 not in Mutumbo. I'm sorry, not in Dwyer House award. Hey, that wasn't a draw in the Dwyer household. Rafe, where's scorecard in 2018? Um, I'm going to go with um, the combined scorecards in Wilder Fury. They ruined the, the moment of the year, the comeback moment of the year, Tyson Fury getting the victory he deserved. I'm going to specifically shout out this worst scorecard of the year individually, not to Adolescent Bird, right? Not to, to Adolescent Bird. But to some of our brethren in the media who had – Wilder winning as high as like 114, 112. Like, I know that I thought Triple G should have beat Canelo. So, but I understood how people could get Canelo the win there. I don't understand how anyone had Wilder winning that fight. Yeah, we went over this. This was not, should not have been a difficult fight to score. Yet somehow it became that. And who knows, man? That was a real disappointing moment. I don't know. It wasn't really... A, it wasn't on the level of some of the other robbery cards we saw, but still, but still, it was really disappointing. We we disagreed with it. Uh, I, I think we should single out the Larry Hazard Jr. scorecard recently in Matt Korobov versus Jermall Charlo, where he had Charlo winning that fight like 10 rounds to two. <laughs> Andre the- Ward and Carl Frotch had some bad uh, unofficial scorecards as well. Weren't they using like half points and like <laughs> fractions and stuff? They are they are the, the the scorers of the year without a doubt. Uh, would love to see a Frotch Ward too if we could get them out of retirement. <laughs> a lot of jacking going on those scorecards. They're just jacking it from everywhere. Yeah. All right, wow. Rafe. All right, Skip. Thank you. Uh, let's let's briefly just get into our our hopes and dreams for twenty eight nineteen. What we expect to see. Um, Rafe, off the top of your head, who's going to be the twenty nineteen MVP? Who is going to be the fighter of the year? So I. I think there's some different ways to handicap this. The most likely route, because we just saw how perfectly it worked, is I think is one of the fighters who gets through the champions of the WBSS tournaments, so either bantamweight or junior welterweight, that fighter who then goes on to have a big fight in the end of the year. So that would mean, look, I think it's a good chance it could be Naoya Inoue, who if he gets through that bantamweight tournament, then does something like, say, fight, Strisaketsu yes. guy coming up from 115 goes three and zero in those fights. That's it's going to be very hard to come up with anything that tops that. Similarly, what if Alexis Progre goes on to win Regis. the 140 pound tournament, gets Regis. a win over Josh Taylor in the title, and then and then dares to be great? Now this is a far fetched one. Dares to be great goes up to challenge Terrence Crawford wow. at 147, end of the year, somehow does what is now unthinkable and wins. There, you've got another fighter of the year. Josh Taylor, if he came out of that, or Baranchik, if he came out of that, and they had big fights at the end of the day to be well set up. I think the only other likely possibility is if some of these huge fights come together, and then 
one guy wins the, like say say there are two big heavyweight fights this year in the in the big trio of Fury, Wilder, Joshua. Whoever if 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 one of those three gets two of the gets the other two guys yes. and wins both, you know, then it's going to be very hard to to do the hipster take. I agree. Even if it's the right take, I agree that the fight of the year probably coming out of that heavyweight trio, unless they kind of split. They're not going to make the fights, man. That's true. Um, my fight of the year, I think it's going to be an Errol Spence Jr. I think he's going to beat Mikey, obviously on a big platform on pay per view, and then I think if he can get. Uh, we love Thurman. I don't have the confidence that Thurman's going to come back in a big one this year. If you can get, let's say, Sean Porter and win that, uh, you, know, you know, you could be. It has to be a year where there's no standout, you know, individual. Of course, um, I think also um, Bud, but Bud's got to get opponents. But let's say Bud destroys Khan, and let's say Top Rank continues what they're trying to do, which is throw millions at PBC guys. They tried three million at Garcia and didn't work. What if they throw a lot and somebody comes over? Well, the other thing that we just talked about, we, we, I was mentioning it from the point of view of someone managed to upset Crawford coming yes. out of the 140. If one of those guys comes out and Crawford beats them, that makes him a look, you know, a, a fighter of the year kind of year because he just beat a really rising, accomplished, unif- all, basically unified 140 pound champion, uh, who, who came up to challenge him. If you listen to Dwyer a lot, I think he's trying to create his own. Y'all must have forgot 2019 fighter of the year campaign for one James DeGale. I think DeGale is one of the most misunderstood fighters of our generation. Wow. Of our generation, Dwyer? Folks, I don't DeGale understand what he's master- talking about. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Folks, DeGale is a master technician. Okay. I mean... Master. Master. <laughs> and understand... Who's the master? <laughs> and understand, the Gale is not loved. Right? He's not loved. He isn't appreciated nearly what his skill level suggests he should be appreciated okay. as. All right. Well, all right. Well, the thing about Dwyer is, you know, he keeps it real, Rafe, because he no one's put money in his pocket, right? No one's pay. Top, Bob Arum's not funding VIPDwyer.com or whatever it's called, right there, right? This is. I might be a Patreon. Yeah. Just saying, Dwyer might be a service that I have. Dwyer's not accepting checks from promoters. This is YouTube. This is not the mainstream boxing media, right? I don't have to. Watch my words for fear of the political fallout. <laughs> I'm not trying to interview fighters, so I don't worry about losing access because I don't have access. I'm not even trying to cultivate access. This guy is I, such a cultivator. I thought, he, I thought we were going to get one of those classic moments when he drops a player in. He's like, listen, player. Yeah. Listen, player. Understand. Player. Understand, player. Come on, player. James DeGale is not... A master of anything. God, I love Dwyer. Hey, uh, my my 2019 prediction for this podcast is that we get Dwyer on, and then we'll see where that goes from there. Uh, sloppy Super Bowl, I'm hoping for Guan Ma Gamble. Let's just get there. Just get there, Rafe. We need it. We probably need a trilogy, even on the same night, if they want to just keep waking up Guan Ma, and we'll do it again. All right. Hey, Rafe, we're running out of time, so we're going to have to get into a double batch of weekend preview. Do you care? Because we're looking ahead at two weeks, and it's – are you ready for this? You ready? you got to be quick here. God, I hope it's not too much, man. you got to be quick here, and it starts off fr- this Friday night. Night. On Showtime, it's a show box from Shreveport, Louisiana. Rising stud, lightweight Devin Haney against Zolasani Ndongini. Ten rounds, I butchered that last name, Rafe. Do you care? I'm going to say no. Well, are you going to dig deep on that undercard? Because about six fights deep, 
Former Triple G victim Dominic Wade is back in a six-round middleweight bout against Martin Fidel Rios. Do you care? Don't quite care. Rafe, would you go to church with Cedric Agnew's parents just to complete the full circle of that great HBO meme? I don't know if I am well-dressed enough to attend church on a Sunday with the Agnew family. All right. Hey, Sunday is a fight I care about. On Fox – sorry, FS1, Sunday night from Los Angeles – Super middleweight title about Jose Uzcategui, the hooker, as Dwight, Dwight, mid-range, he's a mid-range. Uzcategui is a mid-range hooker who's going to be seeking him. He's going to seek Caleb Plant, who's making a big step up in class, the unbeaten going after that IBF title. I urge you to check out my PBC face-to-face show with both of them on the Fox Sports Go app. Thank you very much, Ryan. I, I have heard that. Caleb Plant is defensively blessed, as in he is blessed with the D. You saw him up close, face the to D? face, like the how? Yeah, was he blessed with the with the the defense? Oh, the D. Well, he is a good-looking man, and he's got a very, very good-looking uh, girlfriend. So, um, he's he's blessed with a lot of things right now, Rafe. He's touching touching some things, if you know what I'm saying. Um, he's a really good fighter, Rafe. He doesn't have the experience on this level. That's why this fight is so intriguing. Uzkatagi is certainly one of the more underrated fighters in terms of you only think of him from that Uncle Darrell two piece, and you kind of get lost in who he actually is if you're not hardcore. Oh wow! Oh, Jesus. Oh, my goodness gracious! My God. That's inappropriate to say. That that's assault, you guys. Yeah, that's that's not allowable. That's not. It's, uh, uh, that is not permissible. All right, uh, but here's the thing: the guy can punch with two hands, and he's aggressive. Caleb Plant, as Dwyer calls him, is very good defensively. He is slick. I don't think he has fight changing power, but Rafe, this will be a really fun test to see if Plant can live in the deep end. Right. Look, it's a boxer puncher matchup. We know that when. They're on the same level, basically. The boxer usually wins that matchup, but we don't know if Plant's defense is good enough on against this level of competition. And, and if it is, then he'll probably then then he should win. If it's not, then Uzkatagi will catch up with him and break him down. I think. I'm gonna predict. It's just I, look. I've really been fifty fifty on this, and getting a chance to do that show and really getting to talk with both of them, they're both ready. Like this could this has potential to be a really interesting fight. Sometimes in this spot, we over, we overrate a guy like Caleb Plant. Good looking guy, you know, he's pushed to the forefront because he could be marketable, you think. But then he just goes out there and the speed and the defensive know-how and Dwyer's in my ear, by the way, telling me that is just too much. I don't know, man. I feel like we know more about who's Katagi. If I'm gonna, if I'm gonna pick somebody to win a decision, it's gotta be him. Yeah, I think that's true. The safer pick is because you basically know what you're getting out of him. And we've seen him against now, obviously by the time he caught up with Andre Durrell in those two fights, Durrell was not the fighter he had been earlier in his career, but still he's fought boxers before he's fought guys who are slick and managed to catch up with them. He's not, he, he's, he's, you know, he's not a master craftsman. He's not a technician, but he is athletic and long and he's not slow. So it, it's just to say, I, I, I'm also going to go with Uzkategi, but you know, it's close. If Plant is the best or a very good version of what he has looked like, if he, if his skills carry up to the higher level, then he really should. If, if he's that, if you think he's that good, then he should be your favorite in this fight. I will say one thing I've got from talking to Plant. I don't think he's a fraud. 
He's for real. He has a really interesting backstory. I know sometimes yeah. these fighters, it gets pushed too much, like Guerrero's ailing wife and people that have overcome cancer. And it's hard to say, what are you, what are you a jerk? You're saying it's pushed too much. But what I'm saying is they, they, they hang on these narratives too much when they present them. But Caleb's backstory of losing his daughter and just how mentally strong he is, he's an interesting player. So it'd be fun to see. Rafe, this undercard has names that we kind of have to try to care about here. Brandon Figueroa versus Moises Flores, 10 rounds featherweights. You care about that one? I don't have to care about that at all. All right. Rigo making his PBC debut on this undercard. This is in L.A. at the Microsoft Theater, Rafe, your backyard, so I'm going to expect you there Sunday night. Uh Rigo versus Giovanni Delgado, 10 rounds junior featherweights. Hell yes, I care. I'm, I, look, I, I haven't given up on the Rigolution, all right? I still would love to see him get a win and maybe get into some fights with guys like Gary Russell, Leo Santa Cruz. They, I, 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 just be, just because he crapped the bed against Lomachenko, he ain't the first person and he won't be the last person. And he's 50 years old. No, he's, he, you know, however old he was, he was giving up a lot of size and other disadvantages in that fight. And I, I want this guy to have something half resembling the career he should have had and i still have a little bit of hope that it's there but will you be there in your own backyard oh hell no i don't care about that's that. close to your house dude oh yeah i could i could i could take the train there but um yeah it, it ain't happening wow uh it's, look i'm gonna be at sunday i'm gonna be at church well, with I'm, agnews i'm gonna keep wowing you about the undercard the egyptian magician is back fresh off getting sent to hell by jean pascal friend of the program ahmed albiali really good dude back at light heavyweight against veteran alan green remember that dude Eight or ten thought, rounds. I, he finally climbed out of the hell Mikel Kessler sent him wow. to that one time. This is an interesting test. Look, I'm all in on LB Ali at all times. He's got to prove it in this fight. He's a good <laughs> all times, all the always. All right, I mean, you... I, look, we seen the man in a bathrobe. Yes, we're in. Uh, do you care about that dude, that redhead dude, cowboy Ryan Carl? He's on that. Is he still fighting? Yeah, eight rounder against Kevin Watts, junior welterweights. I guess you don't. He's care. He's been beaten already, right? I think so. I think so. Hey, Rafe, uh, Friday night. Wait, sorry, following weekend. Not this weekend, the next weekend. Let's speed through this. Friday, January 18th, ESPN from Verona. This is on ESPN+. Plus. This sounds like a top-ranked deal. Bryant Jennings, bye-bye. Heavyweights, 12 rounds. Oscar Rivas, do you care? We did this already. I say bye-bye. Who is Oscar Rivas, man? I, I guess, know. no, actually, some, some, I've heard some rumblings that it's a, it's, it's a more legit matchup than I'm giving it credit for. So I take it back. I care. I'm in. Corner man, show me some love because I love top rank. I love me some Saul top rank. No, wait. I love me some top rank boxing. Yeah. All right. Uh, Shakur Stevenson on the undercard, 10 rounds featherweights against Jesse Chris Rosales. Are you not yet ready to care about? Shakur, who's named after Tupac, by the way, until he fights somebody with a pulse. Correct. Not ready to care. Jason Sosa, former Lomachenko victim versus Moises Delga, Delgadillo. Eight rounds lightweights, no? no? Uh, Sosa's fun, but I don't care that much. And Carlos Adamas, a decent-looking 154 who was talked about as maybe a long-term Crawford opponent, going to fight Juan Ruiz eight or ten rounds. You don't care, right? I don't know what. Who, when did that come up about Crawford? Anyway, well, I, good I luck. think they thought he could make 147, but now he's a 54. I don't know. Well, the corner man's gonna have to get in your ear on that. All right, that same night in New York City at the theater at Madison Square Garden, get in the zone. Boo Boo Andrade against Arthur Akavov Avocado. 12 rounds for Andrade's WBO middleweight title. Do you care? 
Very hard for me to care about. I, I'm rooting for Boo Boo. I want to see him get a fight. I want to see. I want to see. I want to see what's really up. His, his best win is still Vanis or something. Yeah. God. Brian damn. the Lion Rose. Yeah. Um. He still looks good every time though, so it's hard to rip on him. But he's um, never looked bad. He's never really looked bad. Sometimes he's a little boring, but he's never looked bad. Arthur Avakov Avocado is his opponent. And speaking of avocados, Rafe, this undercard has names. One thing Dizone's doing is they're putting people on these cards that you kind of have to see. And Chris Algeria's back again. Tell tell me someone he fought better than Chris Algeria, Rafe. What, what are you? Am I talking to like a weird preacher all of a sudden? What the <laughs> You're hell? Talking was to that? Cedric Andrews' um, dad. Chris Algeria against Danny Gonzalez, ten rounds welterweights. Do you care? I got to show a little bit of love. I'm rooting for the comeback. Algeria, he was a lot of fun, and like I, I want, I could. The, the run didn't last as long as it could have. So yeah, yeah. Let's let's get let's 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 do it. I'm, right. I'm down. I care about this let, fight. Let me out the cage, baby. Jorge Linares is back after the Loma loss against Pablo Cesar Cano. 12 rounds, junior welterweights. Cano once beat Pauly, but they did not give him the scorecard, Rafe. Thank you, man. At least some people got the score right. No, they got it wrong, Pauly. Yeah, he did not beat Pauly, and he did not take his girl. <laughs> um, I got more girls but, uh, than Asian bonus got hairs on his head. <laughs> um, Man. I love Linares. Linares is a price of admission kind of fighter to me. I think he's just one of the most beautiful men in the world, as well as one of the most beautiful boxers to watch ply his trade. But man, what a disappointing matchup. Uh, Pablo Cesar Cano has not, has been not particularly interesting as an opponent for several years now. Many years. <laughs> Old Brian. Shane beat him in Cancun. Yeah, that was bad. Oh, we got to keep so, rolling on. We can't keep talking right. about this. I, uh, I, I care because I love Linares. TJ Doheny is going to defend his IBF junior featherweight title on that card against TBA. Who you got, Rafe? I don't care. Uh, there's a title fight on that undercard. Amanda Serrano is going to go for her a title in like her 19th weight class for the vacant WBO women's junior weight bantamweight title. Junior bantamweight title against Ava Vora Burger. Your thoughts? Yeah, man. I, look, I eat Vora Burgers every day. Yes. I, I eat steak every day. Uh, I, meat is my favorite food, and I cannot wait for this fight to have it circled on my calendar, Brian. I, I eat steak. I eat steak every day, Riff. I eat steak every day. I'm good. I'm very good. I'm feel. I'm very feel. I'm hungry. All right, Rafe. Are you hungry for next Saturday night in Struer, Denmark? We got a title fight. It's Dina Thorsland versus Alicia Graf. Ten rounds for Thorsland's WBO Women's Junior Featherweight title. Wow, yeah, man. I'm, I'm huge. Nordic fight night? Count me in, man. <laughs> hey, women's boxing is back, Rafe. Take that. Uh, by the way, did you see, uh, Clarissa Shields sending cop to hell and then Loeffler sending cop to hell on Twitter? Cop! Then Bud Crawford sending cop to hell? Uh, they say celebrity deaths happen in threes, right? We gotta, we gotta give some credit to uh, our boy Eric Raskin, formerly of the HBO Boxing Podcast, and I believe he has a new podcast coming out today yes. that y'all should go look for. But he said in our little DM thread that Loeffler yesterday turned into the Can Man, and that was great. He's <laughs> absolutely right. Anybody can get it from Tom Loeffler. If you come barking up that tree, that tree will fall on you. Yes, he came after the fleece. He came after the damn fleece. All right, what we care about two Saturdays from now, January 19th, Las Vegas, Showtime pay-per-view. Wow, Manny Pacquiao, Adrian Broner were here. 12 rounds for Pacquiao's bootleg WBA secondary welterweight title. Rafe, this is a sexy match. It's fun. It's fun in games. But A.B., 
He's a problem, Rafe, and he's just he, got he arrested. Got again. He's got two court dates on the same day in separate states for separate sexual assault charges. He's got a third court date in another state coming up after. Should this get in the way of the fight, the narrative, anything? What does this mean? Nothing? Well, I mean, I, there must be some concern at this stage that – Something could happen that that causes the fight to not push through. That's the that's the really only big concern from the boxing business angle here. I don't think that at this point in in Adrian Broner's career, him being in legal trouble, showing up on TMZ with a mugshot, is changing any fans' impression of who Adrian Broner is or his good good or bad reputation with fans. Some of the stuff with him, you know, I want to look. I don't. It, it's tough because. You want the best for everyone. You don't want, but, but clearly something, it, it just is not ever with a problem, whatever problems he's having aren't getting fixed. They just keep getting worse. Um, but let's assume the fight goes on. And if it does, do you give a B much of a shot against Manny, who I got to say, if you look at the pictures they're putting up on boxing scene yes. and in the, he's looking rejuvenated like he's been drinking that old nestle milo he used to have something he's Are you got saying he's drink he's listening to the performance enhancing audio and he's going back to no, his old he, ways of he, gambling I, I think and he's womanizing swimming he's swimming a lot and praying a lot <laughs> and everything the shoulder is healed man look i uh, broner has nine lives in my heart the same way that zab judah did the same way that certain fighters do where you're like you know what because they've never fulfilled their their bright potential I always feel like there's still time for them to do it, and I've, I've I've been down this road so many times with Broner, and I've got in his back, and then he lets us down. And the problem with Broner is every time he steps up against a super elite, and he realizes that it's not his toughness that's the problem; it's that he sort of gives up on trying to win. He'll take a beating like he did against Maidana, and then by the way, he rallied late. People forget about that, but. It's like he just stops trying and he, and he lowers his output. The problem with him is output. When he's going out there trying to box and getting punches off of his jab, he's a problem because he has skills. He's quick. He has one-punch power when he sets up these counter punches. Not full power all the time at 147. We've seen that. He's not a power puncher at 147. But like that left hook that put down Sean Porter in the 12th round, he can hit you with one punch perfectly because he's a real fighter. The problem is, in these big fights, he's too in love with his power. He lowers his output. Um... I'm still going to believe there's a chance. Dwyer, by the way, we've heard this before. He's done. In my opinion, the sun is setting on Adrian Broner. Wow, it took a while to get that out, but he's not. he might not be wrong. But I don't think Adrian Broner is remotely aware of how much his skills have eroded. I don't know if it's erosion, Rafe. I just think he's never gone for it. I just think he's never put his best foot forward and really tried to be the best fighter he could be with all of his distractions. In the end, I don't have reason to believe he finally will. But if he's taking this seriously and having his quote-unquote best training camp ever... It's not like Manny's like rejuvenated by knocking Wait, out Washington. Did, he said. Has, have they reported? Has he said that he's having his quote unquote best? I saw it on Twitter. I don't know with if people two were court a, dates. I don't know if people are making. He started a joke. with a gut like six weeks, four weeks ago, or something. You see some of the pictures. How could that? That I, I, I refuse to believe that. I, I have a lot of respect for Kevin Cunningham as a very hard nosed trainer, but come on, I, I like I, I got to believe what I see with my eyes. I you know believe what I see when I tell you. Don't make me put you somewhere where nobody can smell you it's it's hard to believe but here's the thing like 
I don't believe that Pacquiao is completely rejuvenated just because he beat Wash Matisse. So in the end, I like this fight because I think it can be very competitive. Should Pacquiao be the favorite? Yes. One thing he still has is is speed. He can still put punches together. And we've seen AB back down when somebody has top-level ability. you got to favor Pacquiao to win a decision in the end. But Broner seems like every time he talks, he's taking the Marquez strategy where he's not going to try to win a decision here. He's going to try to find the right moment to knock Pacquiao out. If he can be in that role and give Pac something to think about, this could be a compelling fight. Yeah, look, this is Adrian Broner does one thing that is a stylistic advantage for him against Manny Pacquiao, and that is that he has really still has very good timing, and he has good reflexes, and he can counter. And when Manny gets off balance or, or sticks around in the pocket a little too long, there's a good I, – I do fully expect Adrian Broner to land some clean, decent counter shots on Manny. How The questions are, are they going to be enough to – put some doubt in Manny's mind or hurt Manny. It's possible, but I, I just don't really think that's the most likely thing to happen. What the most likely thing to happen is Broner's going to think that landing two clean shots around and getting pummeled by 50 glancing shots and two clean lefts, you know, he's he that, that somehow he thinks he deserves to win those rounds. He doesn't, and that's why he loses fights. And the other thing is Manny... He still has something in those legs, and he still likes to move. Broner does not like to move, right? He likes to shell up and counter, swivel, use his his upper body movement. If Manny comes out fast, he could really kind of go to town on on Broner, I think, because uh, you need enough output to keep Manny from just overwhelming you, don't you think? There's a good chance that this is just like Manny going to work on a a heavy bag unless unless Broner hits him with something – that that disciplines him. You don't want this to become Pacquiao Mosley. Seriously, where where AB packs it in is not looking to throw a lot of volume. Yeah, he's trying to line up that one big home run punch, but he's not trying to win rounds. You don't want that to become a sparring session on a pay per view. I hope AB finds success in certain pockets that keeps this a fun fight. But look, Pacquiao by decision has to be the pick. It has to be unless AB shows us that he's going to try to win rounds. Rafe, I really mean that. Unless he's going to try to brawl. Or he's going to try to show us that he's really going to try to win rounds with volume and boxing and using his jab and his his slickness. I mean, AB's got skills. People want to forget that with all of his ridiculousness. He just hasn't tapped into it. I don't think this will be the time. I think we're headed toward Pacquiao looking good, getting a win, and then setting himself up. I hope for, I, I'd rather see Pacquiao against Floyd in a rematch than I would Pacquiao serving himself up to murder against Spence. We've talked about that in the past, but we'll see where that goes. Pacquiao is a sort of a a valuable commodity for PBC right now and how they want to use him moving forward. I like this fight. We'll they finally it. have one welterweight willing to fight their other welterweights. Absolutely. On uh, the co-main event, a title fight, Badu Jack versus Marcus Brown, 12 rounds for the vacant WBA interim light heavyweight title. Dwyer, the floor is yours, buddy. Badu Jack can pack a punch, can't he? Yeah, yeah mm-hmm. you can. Indeed. You can, you can. I like Jack in this fight. Um, Brown has really never stepped up and faced that, that killer yet. This is going to be a good chance for him. But Badu's solid, dude. And I want to give a shout out 2018 for sponsor of the year for this show, Ripper Nutrition, brother. And by the way, I'm back on the Ripper Nutrition. I'm one of those people who got fat during the holidays. I've been back at the gym every single day and I've been taking the purple and the pink. I'm feeling, dude, I'm going for it. I got this cruise. I got to lose this gut. I am going for it. Thank you, Ripper Nutrition. Performance enhancing audio indeed. 
I'm a snack man for my for my supplements. I yes. go snack all the way. Me and Vic Conte going out, hanging out. You know, that's that's just how we do. Uh, there's another title fight, Nordine Ubali versus Rashi Warren, 12 rounds for the vacant WBC bantamweight title. One of four title bouts on this pay-per-view card. Do you care? No, I'm going to be, uh, like, I don't know, barfing somewhere when that happens. Wow. A uh, Jack Tapora versus Hugo Ruiz, 12 rounds for Tapora's WBA interim featherweight title. A lot of interim and vacants on this card, Ray. Oh, yeah, well, WBA has got us to spare for sure. Uh, are, they, are they down from less than, like, four cruiserweight champions? Wow. Uh, hey, Rafe, that'll do it for the show. That'll do it for 2018. That'll do it for me for next week as I'll be on a boat. But uh we'll return after that to break down this Pacquiao Broner fight in detail. I might have a bonus episode for you guys next week with AB. Trying to hook that up. I may have a bonus interview episode, so keep your eyes peeled to that. But Rafe, um, do you want to wish our listeners anything as we head into the new year? Well, Brian, I want to wish you a wonderful cruise. I, I, you should enjoy cruising with the cruiserweights and your family too, if they happen to join you. But if it was just cruiserweights, I wouldn't blame you. Have a good time. You deserve it. You're a hardworking man. We all love your content, your PBC insider status. <laughs> it is just amazing. I ain't no what insider, are, bro. The, the, the takeover, it should be BC's new name, not Teofio Lopez. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. Um, what else? 2019? Shoot. Let's hope for the best. It, it, it is, the, the, the writing is on the wall for a crap year of boxing because everyone is hunkering down in their own camps and giving bad fights. But let's pressure, let's, let's, let's make some noise, call for the good fights, and hope that the promoters who care so much about us take care of the fans. That's a fair point. Uh, I hope you write another book this year or do something big, Rafe, okay? Cause you do great work. All right. Get out there and buy basketball, a love story. Two and two, McSorley's, your daddy, and me. Pacific Rim still available on barnesandnoble.com and wherever you buy fine books. Rafe, thank you for your patronage, your service on this podcast in 2018. I wish you well in this new year. Same to you, same to everybody else. And why don't you lace us with those words? You know what? We out. We out.